Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon again. As we are every single Monday morning and have been for very nearly 10 years. The 10-year ten, ten anniversary is uh, is fast approaching. It is, isn't it? Because we started yeah. midway through a season. Yeah. I'll have to check the exact date of the, f- the first Can episode. we still find the first, I hope we can't find the first podcast, I hope it's dead. It's there. It's there <laughs> in the is feed. It? It's oh, Corby. no. You it's missed, oh, maybe it is. No, it's, there, it's there in the feed with, with Blake and everything. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, Blake. Oh, poor Blake. Um, that's JB. Hello, Tim. That's Phil. Hello, Tim. And, uh, this, yeah, this podcast with you every Monday morning, as reliable as Ultimate Rugby is. And we had a couple of emails. Uh, and so always get in touch. Contact Chasers at gmail.com. Has anyone from Ultimate Rugby got in, got in touch with us to tell us how they <laughs> upload their numbers? <laughs> Josh O'Raw and Miles Hunter, a couple of people that got in touch to point out that on Ultimate Rugby, um, so Josh's email here says, uh, guys, just a quick one to let you know, Ultimate Rugby has Quinns versus Exeter as a 3.15 kickoff. And more interestingly, Nick Evans on the bench. Yes, that is quite interesting. <laughs> like the, the, wow. the mistakes are so random. <laughs> so random. Yeah, they exactly. have to be done by design, don't yeah. they? Yeah. You can't really cock that up. No. How do you get a player who's well currently coaching England and last played for Quinn's five years ago? Incredible Four stuff. Four years ago? Incredible stuff. So, yeah, it's great. Um, this podcast is... We're going to be looking at domestic rugby matters, grassroots rugby, uh, domestic premiership. Uh, rugby, um, Nola Gold, and and all the rest of the other domestic uh, matters, um, and of course the intensely spicy Lancashire can- RFU council seat. Absolutely oh, yes. intensely spicy. Do you yeah. want to start there? Yeah, go on then. May as well. So, you- so well, tell us what was the latest. So latest was I put my name forward. I was accepted uh, as a candidate. I don't think they can not accept me, so it's not a huge milestone. <laughs> well, they, they could, you could have had an incredibly profane statement. Yep. You could have failed to do some basic admin. There, there are ways that you could have fallen... Yeah, and my statement level. went in right on the deadline. Did it? Yeah, yeah you a, could have missed the deadline, I had guess. an email saying, where is your statement? So, yeah, I had to, so my statement has been proofread, because people who know me know that I can't spell, or write particularly well. You so, can write very well. I write very well, but I can't spell. You can't spell. spell. Well. Yes, yeah, I agree, spell. agree with that part of it. Big, big difference. Yes. So I got, got my statement over. There are four other candidates. 
Oh, three other candidates or four other candidates? Sorry, there's three other candidates and mm-hmm. the fourth candidate. Yes. And we're going for two slots. Going for two slots. Yeah. So the one slot is going to be filled um, by a completely new councilman, and the other slot might be filled by the existing councilman who needs to get re-elected. Mm. And I think so- that's going to be a tough job, because I guess you're going to have to defend your position on the high-tackle laws and what you've done. And there's going to have to be some sort of reckoning for that, I would say. But we'll soon find out, because on the 15th of February at Liverpool St. Helens, there is a Hustings. So all four of us will be... When again? When is was it? The 15th of September... Oh, of, um, March. 8th March. Of March. A week on Wednesday. A week on Wednesday is, is the Hustings. Okay. And so, so, so the competition, so you said one... There's definitely going to be one new one, because... There were two previous. One who has come to the end of their term, you can only get re-elected. Yeah, you can only serve times. nine years. Okay. Yeah. Right, so after your nine years, you're done. But it's yeah. three-year terms, you'll be elected for each three term. T- okay. So it's a bit like uh, President of the United States. Just yeah, but more, yeah, but more, more power. One more term. Yeah. Slightly shorter terms. Yeah. Uh, but So there is definitely going to be at least one new candidate. Yeah. But one person has gone... For, one of those two previous ones has gone for re-election. Exactly right. Just in case... Because... Only like 5% of people are on Twitter. Um, but you posted your statement. I was very impressed with it. I'm going to read it. It's oh, good. please do, yeah. It is a really good statement. So this is Jonathan Beardmore's personal statement as a candidate for the vacant Lancashire RFU council seat, one of the two. Uh, so this is me. I think it would be... It'd be if, I mean, you could read it, but I think... It, it'd yeah, I, it, my words deserve a professional broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not what I meant. I thought it might seem a bit egocentric, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with it. I'm very proud to say that over the last 15 years, I've played over 400 senior games for my two clubs, Broughton Park FC and Disbury Tock H RFC. If I had my way, I would not be sending this application. Instead, I would be continuing to do what I love, training and playing with friends and teammates. I admit that until recently, I had not given much thought to rugby administration in Lancashire. So long as games were held on the weekend, I was content to let others shoulder the burden of committees and working groups. I now deeply regret that position. The importance of the role has become very clear to me as a result of the way the new tackle height laws were nodded through with no consideration to their impact on players. These laws are now, the RFU tell us, being, quote, communicated better. As far as I'm concerned they are being implemented against our will. As things now stand, even if the new laws are completely abandoned, the damage and trust between rugby clubs and councillors has been done. A couple of things stuck me during my first and only interaction with our councillors. First was the unwillingness to reflect the views of the member clubs. Second was the callous disregard shown to the clubs like Oldham and Oral, who are fearing for their very existence. If I become a Lancashire RFU representative, I will work on the three following basic principles. One, communication and engagement. As it is always the case, situations are complex. However, during my inquiries about how councillors communicate with their constituent clubs, I am yet to find any club members anywhere who had any engagement with our councillors. This is astonishing, considering the responsibility they have. My priority is to establish meaningful relationships among the constituent clubs, so that whenever I exercise a vote, it will be a reflection of our members' views and interests, rather than my personal preference or the wish of the RFU. During the tackle height meeting at LSH, what stood out was the range of views around the tackle height. Not one club appeared to agree with the lowering to the so-called, quote, waste, nor with the councillor's decision to vote for it. Our representatives voted for systemic change in the game, but consulted not a single club in the process. This would never be my approach. Two, transparency. 
My second priority will be to publicise as much as possible what the RFU Council are doing and what the reasoning is behind their decisions. Throughout the whole tackle height debate, the opacity over how the council reached its decisions has been quite an eye-opener for me. I can do this more effectively than any other candidate, not just via the normal channels available to the councillors and the Lancashire RFU, but also through my personal channels. Aside from playing and coaching, I also have a decade's worth of writing and talking about the game, including my podcast, Egg Chasers. I'll give it a listen. Yeah, uh, that's good. You like that it. is still one of the world's largest rugby podcasts downloaded. Well, we don't need to tell them how many million times a year it was downloaded. It is quite a lot of millions. Quite, though, a, lot of millions. quite a lot of millions. Uh, this week alone, 30,000 regular listeners, including many in Lancashire, will get to hear this very statement. Yes, they will. Uh, and we'll even get, a more, uh, get a, an even more detailed explanation of why this role and the health of rugby in our county is so important to me. Since the tackle height vote, the Egg Chasers have received thousands of messages on this subject. We have become a focal point for people frustrated that nobody has been listening to them. I will use every means available to me to promote and publicise council activity and that of Lancashire RFU. Three, preserving and growing the game. Lastly, to be a rugby player means something. The bonds formed between teammates, coaches, past players, committee members and volunteers will last a lifetime. These relationships are not based on a hollow association, but on the shared experience of playing such a physical, confrontational and intimidating sport. These are not words or descriptions that you will ever hear coming out of Twickenham. Nonetheless, they are the qualities demanded if you want to play at Twickenham, and they are the reason this game is so special. Rather than passively nod through the RFU executive's agenda of sterilising the game, we have to remind the world why rugby is so important, and to mount a defence of the game at every turn. To date, I have seen no evidence of the council attempting this. In fact, I have seen quite the opposite. The council themselves have stated how concerned they are about negative media coverage. My answer to this is simple. If you can't get into the public square and mount a muscular defence of why rugby is important in its current form, then then representing the sport is not a job you should consider. It will be my commitment that as a council member, I will take every opportunity not only to defend rugby, but proactively promote it in the county of Lancashire and beyond as much as I possibly can. Rugby should never accept changing its laws to satisfy outside interests. Summary. Rugby's facing some enormous challenges at present. However, it is nothing like the existential crisis so many would like us to believe. In fact, I believe there is huge cause for optimism. During this whole process, I have been heartened at the quality of the people that are involved in rugby at club level. The answers to rugby's problems do not lie within the halls of power at HQ, nor with what I think, but with the clubs. Clubs that in some cases have been in existence for over a century and are still going strong. Lancashire has some of the richest rugby heritage in the world and this should be front and centre of everything we do as a county. After having consulted widely in county and observing... Sorry. After having consulted widely in county and observing the passion on display in in the last Lancashire meeting, I would consider it the greatest privilege to represent such a county. Club rugby has so much to offer, so many, and I hope that whoever progresses to represent the Lancashire RFU appreciates this. Jonathan Beardmore. Four more years. Four more years. Yes. Come on. That's class, mate. Very, very good. That's well, class. So got so got you, win some votes now. So you said you'd expand on it, so go, go on. Yeah, okay. So obviously the tackle stuff is front and centre of everything which I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that has to be overturned. It just has to be overturned. 
And if it's not overturned, it needs to be neutered as far as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So if that means it going, going to the armpits, that is a short-term compromise that I would accept. But ultimately, I want it to go back to where, to where it came from. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to change it, it's got to change from the pros and come down. There's no point in starting with the amateurs to sort of grow the consumer base, but not actually doing anything with the pros. The other thing which is really irritating me is this idea of so-called community rugby. That needs to go in the bin. It's not community rugby. Yes, the community gets a benefit from it, but it's club rugby. The whole point of club rugby is to be competitive. And I think there is this idea now that if we call it community rugby, it serves a greater purpose beyond actually playing the sport. And it doesn't, because as soon as you take that away, what you're left with is... Well, just an excuse for the RFU to meddle with things like you don't need the same laws, you can play reduced games, maybe, you know, you do things which you otherwise wouldn't if you were trying to win more. Clubs want to win. That is the whole point of having your club. You know, so the the whole moniker of community rugby I think is just I think I think it's poison poison to the entire game. I'd want to get that removed as as soon as possible. And the other thing as well is this role comes with a hell of a lot of expenses. I don't know if you know what the, the, the expenses are offered. No, I have no I, idea. We, we, we've kind of joked about it in the past, but I genuinely have no yeah, idea. They are huge, because getting someone from Twickenham, with, from, Lang, from Lancashire to, to Twickenham to watch a game, um, all expenses paid. You've got your hotels, you've got your accommodation, you've got the tickets themselves. Your travel. Yeah, your, just, your just, transfers. Just those three things, travel, yeah. accommodation and tickets. That, that could easily be close to £1,000. Now, I don't want to be too pious about this, but I don't think I'd ever go to Twickenham. if I mean, I don't go to Twickenham when a, when a, a Talk H game is mm. on. If you're the councillor for any region, what are you doing in, in Twickenham when there's rugby on in, in your county? If there's no rugby on in your county, by all means, go to Twickenham. Why would anyone go to, go to Twickenham if you had rugby to watch? Mm. I mean, I, I'm not just saying that... I, I mean that. I, I, that's why I don't go to so, so talk to me about the expenses a second, because I, I can understand the utility if there's a big uh, meeting and uh, like, that there are benefits to being there in, in, yeah. in person and making those networks and building those relationships. So there's a collegiate kind of relationship going on. I think that's important. So I, I'd have no problem if some of my contribution to rugby was to fund councillors to get together every now and again for a quarterly meeting or something. For the, yeah, for yeah. the benefit of everyone, because they're yeah. going to be discussing so the as I understand topics. it, there's like five meetings a year. I think they've recently all been done on Zoom because of obvious reasons. Yeah. You historically did have to meet in person. I think they're probably back. But I think there's a handful of England games that you, that you go to too. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to go to watch England if I get this role, because I, I will, but... Probably not if there's rugby going going, going on in Lancashire. Because mm. that's your job. Your first port would be to yeah. Lancashire, to your constituency, and second port would be to have an expenses paid trip. In, yes, in yeah, exactly, exactly right. But yeah, everyone there, would love that. There is another element to this, which is when I've been looking through the clubs, I've been really quite inspired by some of the <clears throat> some of the ambition of 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 some of the teams. So I was talking to the Tarleton. Uh, uh, chairman, really impressive bloke. I was like, yeah, that's the sort of guy that we need. Now people say, oh well, Tarleton are doing things one way, or you know, or they might not agree with everything that that they do, but they've got but they've got ambition, and that's why they've got a strong first team, and that's why they've got a thriving club, and that's why they want mm. to you know build a gym and have an extension and this mm. this and this. And you think, yeah, those are the guys that you need sort of mm. supporting and, and driving. And I'm not sure that I'm not I'm not sure I've ever seen a councilman at Talk H. I'm not sure I've ever seen one. Have you ever seen one at Sedgley? 
I certainly wasn't aware that I did see them, if, if I ever did see yeah, them. Yeah, if they were ever there at yeah. either Manchester Rugby Club or Broughton Park, I was, ne- I was not ne- aware they were there. Never seen one. So, I mean, that would be... So, the more that I learn about Lancashire, the more I want to actually go to these clubs and listen to what they've got to say and what, and, uh, and what they do. I mean, my exposure to local rugby outside of Tock H is when I went to play for, uh, say, Old Winians. And I actually love that experience because it's, it's a different club, it's a different community... You understand how they operate and what their ethos is. And I, I can't understand why you would not want to do that. That's, mm. that's what I'm saying. I mean, it sounds like such a fun role just to get to know the clubs. Um, far more so than going to Twickenham. And anyone can, anyone can do that. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I, I sincerely hope that I get it. Yeah, I think you'd be a, a breath of fresh air in terms of your approach. Mm. And uh, I'd also like some... Uh, some Twickenham tickets as well every you, now and again you can have them yeah yeah I'll take yours if, if you're watching take them rugby in Lancashire me and Tim will be in Twickenham well I'll, I'll get I'll get the media ones don't worry about yeah. that but JB can sort you out yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly sorted wonderful mm. well that's really good um, so I'm, I'm going to find uh, in fact I'm, I'm just going to say this right now as a little tease one of the greatest emails we've ever got, we've received. Wow. So I will find that while we're talking about uh, a bit of actual rugby. Mm, where do you want to start? Should we do it chronologically? Um, no, I don't think there's any need to do that, because that, that, that suggests that we'll talk about every game in depth. That, the, that's the, a fair the, point. There was a top-of-the-table clash today. There was. Which is fresh in the minds. I think that probably, with one and two in the Gallagher Premiership, probably deserves uh, top billing. And I was there. I was actually inside. It was in the bowels of the AJ Bell arena to watch it and it was a uh, it was a very entertaining game it was a meaty game it was meaty there was quite a bit of niggle yep. from both sides no love lost between these two yeah. um, there was quite a bit of niggle there was an incredibly partisan crowd the, it, the, the stadium was packed uh, I've certainly never seen it uh, on TV or in person that I can recall as as full of that, which is great for sale. I know th- I know they've been really pushing this to get it. The top of the table clash sold out it on, be- on, a, on a Man United v Liverpool day as well. Man United v Liverpool afternoon. Thank God I was at this game, not, <laughs> not watching that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely didn't look at my phone until I got home, and so I was like, "What? That must be a typo." The the score that had popped up. No, unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, really good game. And so I was, I was watching this with. Um, a friend of mine who's he's a rugby man, but he doesn't follow the Premiership particularly closely. Who he is actually this? follows more uh, rugby league. Um, that? Uh, chap I work with, chap mm. called George. I once described him as a quasi rugby fan, and that's unfair to him. He is a rugby man, right? Um, but more of a rugby league man, and but he he was definitely supporting the sale. I, I was kind of neutral, uh, genuinely neutral in this, wanting rugby to win. And when Saracens went 16-0 up, we both just kind of thought, Uh-oh. well, that's it. Like, game over, there's no way Sale are going to come back. They, didn't, they hadn't fired a shot up to that point. It was all Saracens. And we just thought it would be done. We were totally wrong because Sale, the way they fought back towards the end of the first half and the way that they controlled the game, they were by far the better team throughout the second half. Yeah, they were. They absolutely controlled it. They controlled the territory. Other than that one pushover try with about 15 minutes to go, which gave Saracens a lifeline, it was all sail sharks. They looked more threatening, they looked more dangerous, they controlled the territory. Just all round a better team in that second half. Here's a quick observation about sail. You look at their team that they put out today. Now, if Mm. I read this team to you, 
last year when we thought, yeah, Sale might win it last year, and you saw the names on it. It is substantially different to what you saw today. Yeah. No, no Curries, no Faf. Yeah, no, no Lude. Uh, yeah, I mean... No no Manu. At a point in time last year, like this year, we thought that Rob Dupree was no good and George Ford was going to be the saviour. Gus um, War was way behind Will Cliff. Yeah. Like, Gus War, um, Rob Dupree, Ryan Mills, who's going to be a star. If we keep, keep him, if they keep him fit, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. It's going to be signing of the millennium. No Curry's, no Dan Dupree and Sam Dugdale in the back row. Sam Dugdale, Dale can bang well. He yeah, loves to bang. No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not knocking it. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm, I'm backing your point up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's only really Sam James there, who you would have said last year would be the absolute boy. So... A flash of his new carpenter came. He played awesome. Yeah, he was great. I think he's the next England fullback. And everyone's going on about Stewart, <laughs> but this guy reminds me the way he runs the ball back in particular. Mike Brown. It's his ability to beat the first defender. Yeah, and his for that for that run that got um, elicited the red card. That um, the way he took contact on that and then powered through was very very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good pickup. Stewart's from, got from Leeds, wasn't it? A hell of a was fight he, was he from Leeds. Yeah. Is, is that right? I didn't know where he'd yeah. come from. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think Freddie Stewart's going to be the incumbent, for, unchallenged for that long. I think Carpenter's got to, got to have a shout. I think. I think my thought is more likely to be the England fullback will be Arundel. Mm, Arundel, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about this. Let's, yeah. let's put a pin in that. Yes, put a pin in that. Fair point. Arundel's good. Fair point. Put a pin in that for the international pod. Yeah, it really solid win. But uh, yeah, clearly it's a shame that it was one v two without stars. Yes, which we always—it's something that we often criticise the URC for when you've got yeah. Leinster, Munster, yeah. and mm. none of the Irish yeah. um, current Irish squad playing. That is ludicrous. And you, you were the same here, um, and particularly when they clearly—it uh, was clearly a move where they said, "Okay, Quinn's players, you can go back and play in your big Twickenham match." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's... Well, I would just say on this, I think it hurts Saracens more. So Saracens yeah. lost their captain and the England captain. Jamie George. Uh, Jamie George, of course. Owen Farrell. Mako. Marrow. Marrow. Ben Earl was missing. Yeah. Nick Ezekwe was playing. He was. Yeah. Daly's injured, Daly's isn't he? Injured. Daly is injured. Malins. Malins? <clears throat> Malins, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Saracens did come off worse from... From, from this exchange there again this isn't a typical I mean this isn't the sales team I would expect no. at the start of the season um, Rob Dupree rugby god rugby yeah, god yeah. no other word for it do you know what I enjoyed it's all that time playing 13. Alex Anderson was just calling up Steve Borthwick please take George Ford into camp please, yeah, please. Yeah. we need a reason not to, not to play this guy <laughs> <laughs> so one of the, the the Carpenter's second try when he goes underneath the sticks was a for not, I mean you just don't see many first phase tries yeah. Actually, what was that a first phase try? Have I made that up? I thought it came off oh, a scrum. I can't remember, because I was in the ground. It's all merged into yeah, one, you don't get the replays. So I think it was off a scrum, but it might have been off a breakdown, but I think it's off a scrum. And what I liked about it is they did everything wrong. So they were all drifting sideways, they were all easing into each other's space, <laughs> and the move still worked. Yeah. Such a nicely designed play. The one I liked, which was, I'm sure it was off a scrum. It might have been a line out was the one where Carpenter breaks through from the little one, two, three through the middle. Yeah. Uh, and Carpenter just it, going hell for leather with a little tip pass from Sam James, and Sam James got absolutely levelled. I think, was it Lazowski who levelled him? 
Mm, he was down for it. It does sound like a Lazowski style fair style of defence. Fair time. Um, that was the one where Carpenter slipped. He like yes. makes a forty yard break and then slips, and it kind of the play all uh, ground to a halt. I mean, it, it does show how important Sam James is. Mm. People so underestimate Sam James. His decision making, his skills under pressure. Uh, he's not particularly flash. You know, he's no Henry Slade, but he is so important to that team because mm. when you remove him. That creativity just disappears. Mm. Well, after he's played 13 for so so well for so long, maybe he should try playing at 10. Well, yes. Well, this Diamonds is, used to do this. This is the move. Well, George Ford should go to 13. 13. Yeah, imagine really how good 13, Ford imagine, would be. If Ford went to 13 for a bit, imagine how good he'd be. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's the problem with Faz. Anyone complaining about Faz being 12 is because he should be 13. 13. Exactly. Yes. So Sale do um, a lot of moves, or not a lot of moves, I was... They're unusual, as in they repeat the same thing quite quite frequently, and they'll try and run a different option from the same move. Same yeah. shape every time, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's quite old school to do that, because most teams like to vary everything. But they're fairly consistent with what they do. They're also incredibly hard to get the ball off. When they're going forward, mm. they look like a nightmare. Mm. They've got some big bodies. Yeah. I do wonder, really though. Big bodies. What do they do without a Dupree? Because they get such good well, go-forward They don't ball. need to worry about it because they've got they've got them for they're wrapped up contracts wrapped up. They've got them. Mm. yeah, and they've got and they've got a spare and they've always got spare Dupree. Spare, so that's fine. Yeah, There's yeah, always no a spare one. It's good if if that's a little uh, again. It's just a little taster, a little tease about what a final could look like. Who was Sale missing? They're missing both Curries. Both Curries. One Dupree. George Ford. Manu. Manu. Is he with so, England or is he injured? Yeah, he's with England. Yeah. Is he with England? Yeah. yeah that's yeah, yeah. nuts. We'll talk about that in the uh, international pod. Um, do you want to hear the best email we've ever had? Yeah. Actually, two more things for this. Yeah, go on. Briefly. The red card, sitting with a rugby, league, yes. a rugby league man. Let's talk about the red card. Yeah. He was perplexed. And I was... Because it was on the sm- like the screen, but I couldn't get a proper look. To me, it felt like the um, head-to-head, if there was any, was incredibly like anecdotal yeah uh, it was incredibly passive and i i was i was actually surprised they looked at it at first even though the replays were being shown and then i thought i was saying to my he was saying what, what's going on it's play on i was saying well no if there is head contact it'll be yellow if, if they can't determine this head contact nothing because his lot was so passive because he's like falling back yeah uh and then red it, 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 yeah, it spoke to me as the the same as when um, the lines got blurred with football about when a, clearly a punch is a red card and that somehow morphed into if you even raise your, your hands. hands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Touch can't raise your hands. You can't raise your hands. Can't, can't yeah. do that. Why yeah, can't yeah, raise your hands. Right. Automatic red card. What are you complaining about? It did feel like rugby is mm. kind of the, the lines... It's it's just incrementally moved to yeah. this point so, where, where you go, oh, yeah, well, that's a red card because there was contact with... Yeah. and you know, the commentary team said it, and it just really irked me. We, the laws are there to change the minds of the players in those split-second decisions. What? How does that work? Like, you can't change someone's mind in their split-second decision. That's why it's a split-second decision. Like, you're not going to... The change behaviour thing is just such nonsense. And what really upsets me about this, now I've sort of... They all the gone a little deeper into the head injury thing. What happened to Hislop today was window dressing. That was like a sacrificial lamb. Now, I'm not saying we should, we should have head, head contact far from it, but the idea that what Hislop did today was dangerous to someone's uh, brain health, yet literally thousands of sub-concussive hits and a huge season is not, is beyond me. So 
It's like yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. I, I know what you're saying. I'd, yeah. prefer, I'd prefer that Robin that, that there was a bit of a let the play boy let boys play attitude about what happened today. Not talking in general, but certainly about what happened today. But the players played fewer games. Exactly. So it's like, oh yeah, we got rid of Hislop for his de- for, for his danger, but we're all going to make the make the lads play thirty games a season and suffer thousands, if not well, hundreds of sub concussive hits. All of which contribute to TBIs or, and brain or, damage. Or lots of concussive hits that are perfectly legal. Yes, yeah, yeah, mm. because they are perfectly legal. So you can't, I mean, it's a game which is dangerous to yeah, it's a dangerous, the healthy, the, healthy of your brain. Let's uh, play it last. Eddie Stevens of Rugby Ranter Banter, I'm going to quote him again. It's a great quote. He, he says he's going to put it on a T-shirt. I hope that is true. <laughs> uh, the risk is the reward. Yeah. So I just think you know, the reason they do these things, the reason they're trying to root out or make, no, they're not trying to root it out. It's worse than that. They're trying to make an example of these players to show what they've done. Because rooting out will make not a shred... If there was never another hit like Hislop's today, there would never, ever be an, any decrease in in the concussion rate. It's kind of... Never. <sighs> but you want to make an example yeah. of this guy. Yeah, it's making an example, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's look the, what we've done. It's, it's, it's that, I'm not suggesting this is virtue signalling. I'm just saying well, the definition of virtue signalling is is being seen to do the right thing, yes. not necessarily doing addressing right. any particular yeah. problem they need to, and, and doing the right thing. They need to play less games. I mean, that's so I, can, I, can, I can definitely get on board with less games. Fewer, fewer games, yeah. Fewer games, fewer games. <laughs> yeah. And this is why you know that they're fairly insincere about um, player welfare. The people who say they're really, they're really into it. I, I've never seen them say this. I've never seen them. 16 games is more than enough for any professional rugby player. You're a full-time in, in, professional in, rugby player. 16 games a year Yeah. For, for more but, than that. But I tell you what, the people that won't want that is the players because <laughs> Many. their wages will yeah. drop massively. Yeah, well, maybe Unle- th- unless you can, unless there is something in the scarcity drives demand. I no, think drives, it is, you know, will drive it, in, the, in the medium to longer term, but like this season to next season, no. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. go, there you will go, be, there will be a you, short. You term can play game. half the number of games and you will get half the amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Short. Do you want that to sign here? Yeah, None of those yeah. players are signing that. Yeah. yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? When you said, "Yeah, look, guys, we've done you a massive favour. You've only got to play 16 games a season. Here's your little here's your little season here. Yeah, a season planner. And anyway, cheers, we're off to Japan for for 14 more games now. Yeah, because that is what they the would sell. do. Because the, the sell to the yeah, that's exactly what they would do. Yeah. But at least you've covered your own back, I guess. Yeah, because the sell to the paying fan or BT Sport, for example, would be, boys, you're getting half the number of games. We want the same amount of money, like, and that just can't no, work. Doesn't happen. It can't work in the short so, term. So, so yeah, it, square all those circles, and you and you've uh, and and you're fine. But other. Uh, it wouldn't have affected the result, I don't think, and Saracen still could have won. Well, it might have affected the result, but that, that bit of defence where Sale were on their own line and they re- love it, re- don't they? repelled Saracens, that was great. They absolutely yeah. love it. It was good. Good uh, game. But one, one last thing for me. Yeah. Best in show. Purely aesthetically. Being up close, I was uh, three rows from the front on, in the East Stand, so good look at the boys. Um Notable mention to Ryan Mills and Ryan his Mills, quads. Yep, yep. Great quads on Ryan Mills. He's in good shape, I, that boy. Yep. Um, notable mention to Ewan Ashman. Ewan Ashman looks tremendous. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Solidly built boy. Um, and, and built in the right way. Yeah, I, I, We should have a rugby version of Crofts and we should yeah. just objectify these rugby players. I thought Nick Ezekwe looks fantastic. He does look good. He... Big chest, yeah. small waist, big legs, big arms. Especially compared to Hugh Tizard, who's about the same, probably height and weight, but not not in the same condition as Ezekwe. 
Who, by the way, Tizard is meant to be an athletic prop. I mean, he is an athletic prop. Pro- uh, uh, lock. lock. Sorry, lock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he is an uh, athletic lock. But it just when you put him next to a Z Quay. Yeah, when they're still. And you were going to say, who's best in show then? Best in show surprised me a little bit, but God, he's handsome and he's in great shape. Tom Ellis, playing Ooh, number six for Saracens. Wow. Coming from Bath. He looked tremendous. Oh, well, can I give a noticeable shout out for a player from the Saracens team? I think it's going places. Mm. Theo Dan. I yeah, like how he's a good player. Can I just say, like I think one of the one of the uh, one of the potential best in show were he in, in the squad. I don't think he was even on the bench. But Sam Hill, that is that is yeah. a, that is a good looking man. Yeah, and in, and in great nick. Yeah, he is in good nick. I reckon he'll go to America next season and clean up. Uh, yes, and that, yeah, that that as well. <laughs> and then go, go to be Gloucester's defence coach in a few years' time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but one of the best emails we've had in a while. Uh, this is from uh, Jimmy JD. He says, uh, "Egg chasers, pod blah." During the Six Nations games this weekend, this is last weekend he sent this one. I turned to Chat GPT oh, wow. as a shortcut to help explain some rugby laws, and it turned out it was a great way to whittle away half time and the hour before the second game on Saturday. It's a bit hit and miss, but you might enjoy. So um, this first one, what Jimmy did is he typed in, it's a Jap- uh, chat GPT. Have you have you tried this thing? So I've never tried it, but I'm well aware it's, of how it mad. works. JD wrote into chat GPT. In rugby, can you explain the offside rule, but change the word ball to egg and teammates to egg chasers in a rap, in a rap style? In a rap style, wow. And it came up with, oh, let me just sort of get... Are you going to rap, Tim? Oh, kind of. I don't know if I'm going to... Wow. Let me just... Uh, that would be a... Uh, this would definitely be a first for us. What's going on here? No. What is going on here? No, I'm not going to... Oh, never mind. Oh, I, I, never mind, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so it, the, what chat GPT came up with is, listen up, y'all, I'm about to explain the offside rule in rugby. It's not so plain. When you're playing with eggs and you've got your crew, the egg chaser's got to know what to do. <laughs> you can't be in front when the egg is passed or else the ref will blow the whistle real fast. Offside, offside, you're out of line. You've got to stay behind and give yourself time to move forward and chase the egg. Until then, stay put, don't make a beg. If an opponent's in front, it's all good. You're back on side doing what you should. So there you have it, the offside rule in rugby with eggs and the egg chasers in the school. Stay behind your crew when the egg gets past and you'll be playing by the rules. So that's a blast. Wow. wow. That's quite something. Uh, and, and a computer came up with that in about five seconds. Wow. It's some of the stuff... It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible, but it's also... It's like, you know, we were talking the other week about um, when you see uh, an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old player and you're like you're thinking not what they are right now, but what they can be in six months, oh, yes, yeah. two yes. years, three years. That's the... Because re- like, that's that's impressive. That, but that, it's, it's, that, really a, yeah. it's really a party trick. Yeah. But it's the trajectory that oh, we're 100%. on with The, the deep fake stuff, those videos of like Joe Rogan and jo- all, Jordan yeah. Peterson yeah. talking so about Mario those, Brothers. So, absolutely so, hilarious. Funny you mention this because I was listening to a podcast. Um, it's a really good podcast. It's called The All In Podcast. It's basically a bunch of tech bros talking about, mm. and venture, venture capitalist types who are talking about raising money for AI. Mm. And their view is AI is great, but they've got a San Francisco gold rush theory about it, which is it wasn't the people planning for gold that made the money, it was the people that made the shovels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And whoever comes up with the infrastructure for this thing is going to make an absolute fortune. Yeah. That, that, the money getting thrown at it is... That rap was only a little tee-up for the main event. 
What? There's more. So JD knows how much, obviously, you uh, have talked about the, and you've already done it on this podcast, the, the head injury protocol. Yep. And also how much you love boats. I do love boats, yeah. Boats. So he said uh, into chat, chat GPT, can you explain the rugby HIA protocol but use as many references to boats um, <laughs> and boat ownership <laughs> as possible? This is incredible. Uh, so chat GPT replied, sure, I'll give it a go. In rugby, the head injury assessment protocol is a process used to evaluate players who may have suffered a head injury during a match. It's like when a boat owner takes their vessel out on the water and checks for any damage or potential hazards before setting sail. If a player on the field is suspected of having a head injury, they must immediately leave the the game and be assessed by a medical professional on the sideline. This is like how a boat owner would immediately return to shore if they notice any issues with their vessel. So true. It goes on and goes on. Um, If a player passes the initial assessment, they may be allowed to return to the game. However, if they fail... Uh, they must undergo a more comprehensive evaluation, which is like how a boat owner might need to take their vessel to a professional for a more in-depth inspection. And it goes on and on, but it's um, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. It, well, it, it certainly made me take the head injury assessment much more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I think, and now I'm thinking nautically. Yeah. So you imagine you being out at sea and you notice an yeah. issue with your boat. You're I not don't. take you're not taking any chances. You're going straight back to shore. Aren't I am you? going straight back to shore. So so this is an invitation. Please get busy on ChatGPT and what rugby-based stuff can you I- imagine and then come up with and then share with us via contactedchasers at gmail.com that we could then put out on future podcasts, please. So, Incredible. Which, which team this week, Tim, had a player who received their 250th appearance? Uh, was it Didsbury Talk H? It was not Dids- 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 Didsbury Talk H. They also had a draw. Oh, uh, Fylde and Sedgley Tigers. Fylde and Sedgley Tigers. And do you know who the player was who got the 250th appearance? Uh, Riley's probably more than that. Yeah, isn't Matthew it? Riley. Not the, not. the the one. Andy Riley. Andy, Andy Riley. Andy Riley got himself his 250th. Fair play. 50th appearance cap. Good work. Sedgley through and through with a little bit of witness mixed in for those yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. Two good lads, good players. Um, what does it draw mean? Just basically as you were then. Uh, yeah, it's, it's better for Sedgley. Um, if um, if you have finishing first and being promoted as the primary objective of both teams, then the draw is better for Sedgley. Yeah. It works more in Sedgley's favour. 19 all draw. Great game. Uh, Marlow mm. absolutely wiped the floor with uh, Gosforth. Yeah, but the Marlow... 70 points for th- to three. Sadly, the Marlow kids didn't do too, too well, though, did, did, did they? Got absolutely yeah. slammed this morning by, by Aylesbury. Well... Oh, not... oh, go on, Aylesbury. Yeah. Good lads. Uh, it was Aylesbury something. I got a score through. Aylesbury something. Tim's boys five. Aylesbury <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Tok H had a regulation win. Yeah, we did. But everyone had a regulation win. So Tolson got their five points. LSH got five points. Witness got five points. We got five points. Mm. Basically, as you were. So net- as you were with now two games for Didsbury, three games for Tarleton and LSH. Yeah. So and, we play, did- and one of those they play each other. Yeah. So next week, Widness play LSH. Huge game. Mm. Witness are scoring points for fun at the moment. If the best Witness team shows up, there's going to be points scored. There's going to be lots of points scored. Then Tarleton play LSH, and we've got to play West Park, starring. Um, Paul Arnold and M- Maurice Fosavalu. Uh, 
Is it Farsavalu? Farsavalu. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, apparently some of the boys have been telling uh, Maurice that I called him soft on the podcast. <laughs> I want to be absolutely clear. I never said that. I never hey, who's said your that. last game at home? That's a very, Sefton. It's quite a winnable game. You, you said that. You, you told us off the pod that's going to be a walkover. No, no I, did not, I, did not say, I did not say that. These two are hard But games. it's worth mentioning that because that's an, that's an open invite. If you are anywhere in the Manchester area or would like to be or can be or fancy it, uh, Phil and I are going to be watching mm. quite possibly JB's last game of rugby. Um, and also taking watching Super Saturday at Digby Tock It's going to be a good day that before yeah. before going down Digby. Oh, High and it's Street an early kickoff. They've got the early, they're asking for the for the early kickoff. Yes, so we get all the rugby. Get well, all the maybe rugby. Not quite. It depends how early because the first game nine thirty. Yeah, that that would like give mid, us all the midday. Midday, that'd be all right. Uh, Scotland Italy kicks off at twelve thirty. What? Yeah, so we'd get the well Scotland Italy. Do yeah. Oh, who cares about Scotland Italy? Yeah. That's fine. Well, uh, I, actually, no, I actually am very interested in that game. I think it would be quite an interesting game. But anyway, I'd, I'd much I'm prefer... Lost, lost yet? Uh, yeah. 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 France. They, they just they lost, lost to France. France. Yeah. yeah. Um, they could get the triple crown, though. The, but that's, all that's all on, on the on pod. next pod. Um, so, yes, we will be doing Super Saturday at Didsbury Talk H, potentially JB's last game. Um, we, we, Phil and I may commentate on it. <laughs> not Perhaps not stream, but perhaps record... The commentary live, put it to the footage, and then release you it. You could do that. Subsequently. Our video, our video should be up. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I get a lot of YouTube uh, yeah. watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're looking into. So anyway, yeah. C- come along, have a beer. Brilliant. Down Disbury High Street into town after. I think Mojo's. So. I, I, I would imagine. So. I haven't been to Mojo's in years. Well, you're, you're there almost every weekend, don't you, GB? Regular, yeah. Regular. <laughs> Where's this weekend? Hail and I go this weekend. Steve, oh. Steve Diamond patch. Steve yeah, Diamond yeah, yeah. I went to Canal Street on Friday night. Nice. So we did the CrossFit Open, went for a few beers. I took the week, week off off rugby because I knew I was going to be hungover the, the, <laughs> the next day. So CrossFit Open, beers, into town and then into Canal Street. It was absolutely brilliant. Bouncing. It was bouncing. It was mm, absolutely yeah. rammed. Yeah. Always good fun. Always a good night. Mm. Canal Street. It is. Um, right. Do we want to do... So... The two other televised Premiership games, for one reason or another, were one-sided affairs. Yeah, let's, let's talk Friday, Friday night, Brizzle. Right, I, I want to I know, right, how Bristol absolutely spanking the lifeless corpse that was Northampton Saints <laughs> is, is evidence that Pat Lamb is beyond his sell-by date, past it, and a busted flush, JB. <laughs> one word. <laughs> one word. Charles Piertel. Now, Charles Piersall was a different level. Ridiculous. There is no other coach on the planet who could coach Charles Piertall to be that, in, to see the game that intuitively, yeah, to oh. react to what's in front of him like that. No other coach on the planet could get the best out of him I like that. I thought this, like, it, yeah, look, Pat Lamb spending a million pound on Charles Piertall. Can I do, can I spend a million pound on, on <laughs> if, can I spend a, a million if, pound of someone else's if, money on Charles Piertall? Steve Lansdowne's money. I, I think I could. Yeah, I'm one I, of the best players yeah. in the world. I think I could do that. But it's funny, you know, I was watching uh, Piertel just... What a... Sub- the problem with Piertel, it's not a problem, but something which has happened maybe the last six months, is he's just not been that present. Injuries or... Mm. He's just not been around. And because he's not been around, I've kind of started to think, is this guy declining? Is he not winning his place? So to see him come back and do that, you're just re- reminded this is... 
one of the world's premier players. He just yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He's just incredible. Well, with Semi in that back line as well. But let's not talk about him. He wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> like he just he just runs sideways, and everyone goes, "Oh, do you see that? Do, 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 do you see that?" Like, yeah, we saw it. He ran sideways. <laughs> that was an incredible team performance, and I mean, Northampton were were woeful in, yeah. in, they in really lots were of respects, but. They've been they they were third in the table, yeah, so yeah. You, yeah, have, yeah. you have to take it on its merit. Well, and Bristol have have backed up results now. I, I said that. that, that if, do you not think that I was watching Bristol? And I know we're going to say it's a good team as well, and there's some nice team tries. But when Piertel's on the field and doing his magic, it does lead to other people thinking that they can do Piertel stuff. And I wonder when he's not there, and they still think they can do Piertel stuff. That probably does unstitch them a bit because nobody can do it. Yeah, like, nobody can do it. There is almost no one on the planet who can play like him. That that little kick to um, Randall was one of the finest bits of skill I have seen. But to get to that point as well, oh. the pirouette, the beat three players, the accelerate, the hitch kick, yeah. and then just as everyone draws in, right, he's finally going to get shut down. No, he's not. Yeah, it was like, so I, I think there's a few things. I think pinning it all on Charles Piertau is is it's unfair to other players. It's, it's unfair team. to other players in the team. I think you've got now La, now Largo's come back and he's mm. now settled in. Yeah, Randrandra's back and he's settled in. And those Rand- Randall, Randall, Randall was quality. Randall's good. And McGinty is the first choice number ten now and settled. I don't think he played well. I do not think he played well. If, How did any Bristol player not play <laughs> all well McGinty, McGinty in a 62 give, give it to the boys. Yeah, yeah, McGinty just let the boys around Because sometimes him. it was a bit loose and you think like, if you didn't have that world-class talent picking the ball up, going backwards and then sorting it out, you might be in a bit of a bit of bother here. So some of McGinty's passing but wasn't Equally, on. if you had that world-class talent and you didn't get the ball in their hands as, as quickly as you could... It'd be then, criminal. Then it'd be criminal. It'd be criminal. So he's he's. But, you know, it's not as quickly as you can when you throw it on the floor and he's got to turn around and pick it up. So, uh, it, yeah, they all played well. I thought you were going to reference the front row actually, because I thought that's where Bristol had a lot of success. So when you're running the ball around with as much abandon as Piertau is, you do forget that the front row are busy up front winning penalties at scrum time, mm. and that was impressive. And of course, it, no, it's not just impressive; it's absolutely key, especially when they're your. Second choice props. Yeah, they're not not your starting props. They're, um, yeah, they're not Genge and Sinclair. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. like you you add Genge and Sinclair to that Bristol team, they look the absolute business. I wouldn't start Genge and Sinclair. I'd bring them off the bench. That uh, it's not a bad tactic, like yeah. the bomb squad. There was no Luatua in that as well because he Lu- was. Why was Luatua not there? Well, I heard it was his birthday he, last week. He was he was on the he came off the bench, didn't he? Yeah, he came off the bench. Right, he did yeah. play no, well. But, when he he didn't, but he didn't play last week because yes. We'd heard it was his birthday, but I think it was his. Was it, is it, was it Stag? Was it something happened? Something happened, which is yeah. unacceptable to miss a game for. Yeah, yeah, it's not acceptable to have either a birthday or a wedding Stag do. It's not during the season. No, not even the amateur rugby you do that. <laughs> Absolutely, let, let alone. Pro Although rugby. JB, we did play with a player who once missed a game to because it landed on Valentine's Day, and he went to watch Fifty Shades of Grey with his girlfriend That's at the cinema. Quite astonishing, and isn't he it? never lifted it down. Disgrace. No, it's it's, it's I, I once um I once played with a guy at Colm Bay who quit because he took up playing the drums and he said he didn't want to ri- <laughs> he didn't want to risk having his wrists shattered. Golden wrists, platinum wrists. That's obviously ridiculous. However, I was having this very same conversation last night when uh, a couple of the the lads were like, oh, would you come and play uh, for the twos for Broughton Park or whatever? I was like, well, yeah, if you need numbers, I'll, I'll, I'll turn out. But 
I don't if I don't want to get a little injury and miss two weeks of CrossFit. No, no. Well, just don't get injured. It's easy, yeah. easy way to do it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm now, uh, what are we, two and a bit months post um, Sedgley Vets game. That's crazy, guys. And my ankle is. That's so I had a um, steroid injection into it two weeks ago. It is not right. It oh, is mate. bad. I can't believe that. I, I can't believe that. Well, so the, you should have just taken JB's advice and not got injured. Yeah. Why didn't you think of that? Why did I you know. Do it? The one thing. What's so in it for you? I was reading reading back through the report, the MRI report on that right ankle, and it's like it reads like if you took a a fifty year old Skoda for an MOT. That's what it's like a three-page report into all of the current and historic damage really? to that ankle. Yeah, everything in that my right ankle is just, just gone. Chop it, just chop it off from gone. me down. Yeah, there. my amputation might be the only way. I had to lie to a doctor once in order to get a scan. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I went to the GP. And it's shoulder niggle, and it's with me for like six months. Like, oh Christ! I just go to the doctors. Maybe there's something wrong with it. Maybe maybe this is how people get shoulder replacements. Starts with niggle, and you know. <clears throat> So I went there, he told me to lift up my arms, so I lifted up my arms, I felt like a little impingement. And um, I've I've had that for about four months. My on the yeah. front on the front of my rotator cuff. Yeah, that's Cross, CrossFit. It is from it is I'm not even joking. I that love CrossFit. I love CrossFit, but it is from CrossFit doing those stupid pull ups. It's definitely not. It's definitely from rugby. It's one hundred percent from rugby, right? So um he said, Yeah, oh you play you play rugby? I said, Yeah. He goes, Yeah, and how old are you? I was thirty two or something. He goes, yeah, you should retire. <laughs> and I just said, I was like, hang on a minute, you want me to give up one of the most important things that I do? So I just said, yeah, but you know I get paid a lot of money to play, right? And they said, right, well, in that case, we'll um, we'll order you up a uh, MRI and a... Uh, I, I, I've done that. Well, because I used to get, like... I mean, it was, I, I did get money, but it was it was not big money at Manchester or Newbury. It was like you know fifty quid a game. Yeah. But, but I, obviously, I, I I did that. I bigged it up a little bit. Like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, I, I I earn money from rugby, and oh, we'll put you front of the queue and get you in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which wasn't li- gonna, I wasn't lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna, lying. I'm gonna make the most of it. If they'd have asked me how much to get paid, I, 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 then I'd have said none of your business. <laughs> how dare yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but Bristol are now uh, in ninth place in the table. So they haven't improved their league position. However, they are f- seven points off fourth. Yeah, the two with, points. With a game in hand over fourth and fifth. Yeah, two points off Exeter, three points off Gloucester, uh, and three points off Harlequins. But then all of those teams have got one game in hand over all of the top five teams. Um, Irish, Saints, but, Tigers. But Bristol play Sharp. Quins next. And then they play mm. Leicester away. And then they play Sale at home, and then they play Exeter away, and then they play Gloucester at home. So yeah, it, playing it, all the guys above them. On the one well, hand, everyone is pretty much above them. On, yes, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but, on the on the on the one hand, that looks like a brutal schedule. On the other hand, if they have a really strong run to the end of the season and beat all of those teams, they will probably get top four. Well, they they're all six pointers in all yeah. football parlance. Mm. Because you beat you beat Exeter, you overtake them. You beat Gloucester, you overtake them. You beat Quinns, you overtake them. You beat Leicester at that point, you overtake them. And I'm not joking. With all those players fit and Genjin Sinclair available, mm. it's, now, it's it's diff- po- it's possible. It's, look, look. If you were, if you were betting now, no, yeah, I would also say no. But I think I think they can trouble anyone. They trouble. They've got a good first team. So uh, yeah, when you look at everyone in the Premiership, you look at their absolute best 15 they're all pretty good uh, Bristol, so, Bristol haven't had that all season mm. yeah but I guess that's my next point which is nobody has it all season so yes. look at the Saracens versus Sale you should celebrate yourself every day 
But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, team, or look at, say, Exeter. That's a little bit different because that's an international window. Yeah, or like, you know, um, Leicester lose a, a lot of players. Now, you have those players, uh, Courtney Law's at... Um, at Northampton. So you've got these players. Now, when you get to the playoffs, that's when you see all of the Rolls-Royce stars. So I think if they did get to the playoffs, they would be dangerous. But mm. anyone would be dangerous. Mm. It's a complete lottery. Where they've let themselves down is just not having a deep enough or consistent enough squad, which is why they are where they are. Well, well which is one d- of the things depends, that- on, depends on how they finish. If they have mm. everyone available and go on and get top four then that then, would be impressive then they have, uh, would that, be very even impressive. I think that would be, be, be impressive yeah yeah. and this, it's one of the things when they when they finish top of the table they would get in the best out of the lesser guys whereas more recently the lesser guys haven't been doing as much I think there's sort of an element of that isn't there of I don't know if lesser guys is the wrong phrase yeah, but, well, you, know, you know what I mean the, the not Sir Charles and not Rand- the, yeah. the guys who are on less money when you have guys all competing to be in that team, they all start sort of contributing because you're not leaning on the on them. You're not depending on, on them. So this is like there's this competition to to join the superstars. The Bristol situation at the moment is a bit different, which is they are actually depending on these guys to carry the team, waiting for the superstars to to return. Mm. I just think there's a different different dynamic that and a different pressure. So, I mean, they, they could do because they've got a lot of good players. But on the other hand, what a perfect matchup for them. Uh, playing Northampton. Northampton don't defend at the best time, at the best times, and anyway, they're not a hard team. They're, and they're, mi- they're missing their hard loads of players. Yeah, they're missing their hard guys. Yeah. So you add all those things up. And hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Northampton beat Gloucester and Sale in their last two games. Mm. Not because they can score points. Yeah, but, just, yeah. So what, what I'm saying is, you can't, you can't, you can't just treat this game in isolation. Oh, it's perfect game playing Northampton. Well, I think you Gloucester treat, and Sale yeah. played them and lost. I think you can treat almost every game in the Premiership in isolation because. There's such distinct styles within the league. So you can look at this Bristol team and say, what were they doing in a sale? I think sale would absolutely smash them because the style that they play suits playing against Northampton. Whereas like Northampton, when they are scoring loads of points and they're on fire, they can tear, tear, tear apart anyone, including sale and probably including Saracens and Exeter. So, you know, it, it's a style. So I actually think, I disagree with you, I think almost every game in, in the Premiership can be looked at in isolation. With the exception of people like Bath. Well, who are al- although that does just allow you to always paint Bristol, whichever team you want to, <laughs> in whichever light you choose. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, it definitely does. Can't can't draw any links from anything to anything. But we definitely know, don't we, that Northampton do concede a lot of points. They do, but I, I think it's a good and point. they do score a lot of points. I think it's a very good point, Tim, that if Northampton have beaten 
um, Sale and Gloucester, you would ordinarily like Sale and Gloucester are bad matchups from for Northampton traditionally. Yeah, yeah, like, they are big, physical, aggressive teams who pride themselves on that. So for Northampton to beat them, take one thing from that. Um, yeah, I guess uh, Northampton just aren't. No, is it? Both, both of what? those games were at home. It was yeah. a poor... although although Saints did beat Leicester away. So Northampton were the Leicester away. I was looking at that result. That is an important result. The Leicester away result for Northampton is mm. absolutely huge. Yeah. This this will be one that hopefully Northampton can use it as a reset and then build back. Because they, they're still in the top four. Um, they have played one game more than some of the people chasing them. But I, I, do I want Northampton to be, to be in the uh, in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, to get a beat down from Saracens. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think... I know they beat Sale recently, as we've just discussed. I don't think that if they go away to either Saracens or Sale with all the stars that Northampton the, get their remaining fixtures they'll be looking at it very favourably thinking that top four should be theirs Bath at home Irish away Saracens at home Newcastle away yeah they've, they've, had to, they've done a lot of the hard yards yeah, I, but, I, but I don't think they can so if you're looking at the teams from third down to well, let's include Bristol in ninth who are the two that could trouble Saracens and Sale most? Quins. Qu- sure. Quins and Leicester, I think. Quins and Leicester, probably. Leicester, 100%. And, and, then, and, then, and then Irish Gloucester. and Gloucester on their day. On the, yeah, well, anyone can on their day, but I just think I think those two are the two. Yeah. Who would Gloucester give did get trouble. a win against them last season. You can't read anything into that, that's just a one-off game. That's a very good point. <laughs> no, no, but, no, but you, you can with the same two teams. Yeah, no, I understand. Same two teams. I do understand. So, I, was, I was being facetious. <laughs> I would say the thing about Saracens, though, is when they do get everybody back. I mean, in the playoffs, you know, full-strength teams, they do absolutely, absolutely formidable. So, I, so I've just talked myself into supporting uh, Leicester and Quinns to get the last two um, To make the semi-finals four, really interesting. To make them tasty. So I actually think my two teams I'd like to see... Probably be Northampton because I think they play lovely rugby. They do play r- lovely and, rugby. Yeah, that's the whole point, isn't it? You, 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 I don't mind lovely rugby so long as it's against a horrendously physical and violent backdrop. So if you want to try that against Saracens, be my guest. And if it works, more power to you. But it shouldn't be engineered so everyone has. Yeah. To, everyone has to play it. Leicester have London Irish are the other got ones. one more away game. Mm. And that's it. They play Gloucester away next weekend. Yep, and then, everything, and else then at home. everything else is at home. Bristol at home, Edinburgh at home, Exeter at home, Quinns at home. Ooh, yeah, it's a good run. That's that, handy, isn't it? and they've just moved up into into third. third. Mm. Do, do you not think London Irish would be a really good matchup in the in the semis? Oh, with, I like Irish with Arundel and OHC. Just every, everyone, everyone and Loader, balling. Yancy von Rensburg. Yeah. Um, and Tom, Pearson. Tom, Pearson Tom Pearson is a beast. I'm, I'm, really I'm convinced. Big fan of Tom Pearson. I can only think. I watched Tom Pearson play, and and I watched Val Rapava Ruskin play for Gloucester, and I can only think the only reason they're not in the England squad is because Steve Borthwick couldn't put them in the England squad. Because yeah. Tom Pearson, I'm telling, he's going to the World Cup. It's that, a matter of time, isn't it? Tom Pearson yeah. is going to the World Cup. It's just what do you do? I, he's a beast. He's one of those guys. He is class. Pearson Willis. Curry, one of those sort of like big sevens that, that England have now. That one of them will take to international rugby even better than even better than the other two. Well, I look, don't know who the who the one at, is. Look at Ludlam, because yeah. he's in he's in the same mould. 
I think I do think Ludlam's going to nail down the six. Yeah, I think he's playing absolutely and then quality. It's going to be rugby. one what's, shirt. What's uh, what would you call it? Because I think we should have uh, three sevens, but that like, but that could also play six and eight. So what would they be? Because it wouldn't be seven and well, it yeah. wouldn't be seven. It would be sevens, wouldn't it? Yeah, because seven is the midpoint between six and eight. We need they're, a good name. Like, it's like they're like seven pluses. Yeah, they, they're seven. They do everything that seven do. Seven does, but they do more as well. Just more in every dimension. Well, it's modern day back rows, aren't they? They're so they're sort of um, general. The general practitioners of the back of, mm. of the back row world. They do everything. Yeah, we, we need a new name for the potential England trio. Although Zach Mercer. Oh yeah, we talk international. We keep getting drawn into it. Uh, um, so yeah, Leicester had a, a, a convincing win. Yes, against. Uh, Bath. Did you see the very smart try uh, scored by Harry Wells? Uh, yes, yes, I did see when, that when Leicester charged down. Leicester kicked Bath, tried to charge it down, got a fingertip to it. Referee shouted, touched, and I can't remember which player it was. Matt Scott. Matt Scott yes. caught, caught the ball. Caught the ball. So it was a twenty-two clearance. He catches it on, on Bath's ten, ten meter, meter line, yeah. and it's just a two-on-one with the Amazing, fullback. That, isn't it? Great Amazing knowledge. Thinking. Great knowledge. Yeah. So uh, someone in the rugby community, rugby fraternity said. Lesson there. That's why you don't touch the ball in flight. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. You do try and charge down rugby balls yes. all of the time. Yeah, because for every one of those, you've got a dozen examples of yeah. charge tri- downs leading to a try to the defending team. The chances of Matt Scott being thirty yards up the field, exactly where so you it don't attempt the charge down, that's and nuts. no one being around him, and it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Two, just a perfect yeah. engineered. Kids, don't listen to advice. The, the flip side that was that was really cool. Um, I tried on Friday to pick up Alfie Barbary on Fancy Rugby Draft, uh, waiver wire. Phil managed to get him. How did um, he do, guys? He's, he, he went off injured. I know. Probably the end of the season. Yeah. Well, so Talking about for, like England back rows. From yeah. what I've read, Young Van Graan's not been specific, but said it's something bad between the knee and the ankle. Oh. Which, there's, there's just two bones and, and a muscle between the knee and the ankle. So well, that guy much. never gets a break. No, he's looking like just in terms of his aesthetics. God, he's he's just such a just such a rugby shape. He's just big where you want him to be, small when you want where you want him to be. He's just such a strong looking boy. Yeah, lovely. I wonder what, I wonder what the future holds for him because he needs to start playing well and he's stopped playing. He's very playing. soon. Yeah, he's played saw something twenty something games in four years from from debut. Jeez, it's not enough, is it? it? It's definitely not enough. Not enough. And he's, he feels a bit Will Addison-y, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Because he goes so hard. He, he has one speed, it's 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And that, well, it's no coincidence, is it, that him and Underhill come off. Mm. Simultaneously, I mean, they're both they're both so abrasive. The way that they, they, only, I th- they I only think play he, that way. I yeah. think he needs... Oh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one because I wouldn't... They've signed him on a long-term deal, haven't they? Mm. But, but it's like if you if you if he was on the open market now and fit, like coming back from his next injury and on the open market, it's just um, the track record is, is such that you just could not you could not spend no. on that guy. Well, it's such a shame because so that, much talent. But look how many times Manu Manu, Manu he's not been picked. Up, he was paid for many many years by Leicester, who had all of the data. And hardly ever played. He still did it. Well, that's why I need. But he's so addictive. He's just so delicious when he does it. Well, that's exactly why you need to get some good recruit recruiters in, like Leicester did. Yes, and hopefully they won't have that problem again. The um, 
couple of other things from this game. Yep. Uh, Montoya is such a good player. Different, different he's so he good. is world class. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the best hooker in the world. Or, or certainly. Him and well, Marshawn's not been as good as he normally is, but he's still incredible. Marshawn, Montoya, and Marks are the three best. Yeah. With Dan, Dan Sheehan. Dan Sheehan. Coming and up fast, but he's, not, he's a bit too inexperienced now. And he's not, he's not in the league of those three yet. Yeah, but yeah. He could be. He's awesome. Very different type of player as well. Um, one other thing. <laughs> Did you see the Ben Spencer try? No. So Ben Spencer, I can't remember what led to it, but gets a break. Uh, one-on-one with Ben Youngs. Apps, just gasses Ben Youngs. Just... Ben Stop. Youngs is lay on the floor and Ben Spencer scorches him for a try. And it kind of makes you think, why has Ben Spencer not got 100 caps? Well, you know why. <laughs> I told you why. You don't listen to me. It must... I mean, Such how, a shame. How is it, what, is Owen Far- what was Owen Farrell saying to Eddie Jones? I mean, do, does Eddie Jones respect Owen Farrell's opinion? Um, who knows? Well, would you yes. say? Yes. So... He's probably one of the most important voices as to <laughs> the selection of the, of the scrum half. Would you say? I, I think that's likely. And do you think he batted hard for Ben Spencer? <laughs> I think he should have done. He didn't though, did he? He's messing off. <laughs> messing off. Why does Owen Farrell hate Ben Spencer? We'll never get to see. <laughs> Maybe one day we will. Maybe yeah. one day. You doesn't remember? rate him. Can't rate him. You remember when... Do you reckon um, he's going to Eddie? Like, you've got to go with... I mean, look, I, I like Ben... You, uh, sorry, Ben Spencer. You got to go with Youngsy. Do you remember when? Um, which was it on the the good, the bad, and the rugby? One of those grassroots pods yeah. when um, Sam Burgess went on talking about 2015 and the disaster that it was, and like threw a load of people under the bus. We might get that from Owen Farrell one day, or Eddie Jones. Like Eddie Jones blames Owen Farrell for him losing his job because he wasn't allowed to pick Ben Spencer. I would love. I would love it. I mean, look, I'd love either Owen Farrell or Eddie Jones just to. Go wild on interview. It would be it would be good. It'll for never be Owen Farrell. It will never, never be. O- no that, that's chance. why Owen Farrell would be so much more, so much more interesting. Actually, there is zero chance of it being Owen Farrell. Eddie, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the one other thing for this game, I know it's against Bath, who um, are not the best team in the league. Um, well, they're, they're quite the opposite. Would you the say they're getting the better? Um, no, but um, Andre Pollard. Looking good, looking like a very good a um, marquee signing. Yes, thank God for that. Thank yeah. God for that because I really wasn't sure that this was going to work out. Yeah, no, looks a very good signing. Well, he should be for the amount of money. He certainly should be. It is interesting that, that I will talk about it on the other pod, yeah. but the Borthwick's first choice, or well, the choice that he went for is the international fly half other than Owen Farrell, who's most like Owen Farrell, when you could pick anyone. Correct. That is Correct. an interesting observation that we will talk about in more detail yeah, on the other pod. Yeah. Right, right. just two bits of Twitter nonsense. Do you want to talk some Twitter? Well, just, just <laughs> firstly, I just want to just say um, Nola Gold got beaten again. They're 0-3 in Major League Rugby. However, the Rugby Network is showing every game of Major League Rugby. The season is now Ooh. into its third week. I just I'm going to read out the cities and just hypothetically if we were going to if we were going to go uh, and take the podcast to one of these cities which would it be so we have got Atlanta Dubai mm. is Dubai on there yeah you got, uh, <laughs> you got, you got New, dealers you got New York the the Iron Workers no I'm not I don't want to go back to New York I'd rather do somewhere else okay. Okay. before so, New York so again got Atlanta you're rolling out New York um, Atlanta D- would be cool Washington yeah. DC where Old Glory play mm. Mm. less less interested less so. that's a cool um, name Old Glory. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, New England Free Jacks. I assume that's Boston. Yeah. That's, could be talking there. Toronto Arrows. Yeah. Not uh, interested. <laughs> Nola, Gold in New, Nola Gold in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, I quite fancy New Orleans. M- Mardi Gras in New Orleans. A great kit as well, Nola Gold. Got. Mm. Uh, Seattle. On the West Coast, yeah. long, long journey. It's a bit like it's like the America's answer to America. Uh, Seattle and Manchester are very similar. Like West Coast, loads of rain, tech- musical city. It's like it'd be it'd loads be, of tech, coffee, coffee scene, coffee yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Houston, yeah, would be interesting. Houston, San Diego, yep, yeah. The How is nothing in San Diego though? It's military bases. Mil- it's well, fun. I mean, loads I mean, loads of military that. bases and conferences. Uh, Utah Warriors play in a little tiny town called Herring Herringham or something Herringman or something like that. So okay, not sorry. in Salt Lake. Uh, yeah, Salt Lake, I suppose. Uh, Chicago Hounds. Now Chicago, I am interested. I could do that. And Dallas. Nice. Dallas, yeah, again interested. Dallas, Chicago, I'm interested in. Dallas and Chicago, New Orleans, yeah. Boston. Yeah, I'm actually going to Boston in uh, September. Which, yeah, quite. Yeah, um, weirdly during the World Cup, which I, the two things just coincided. Oh, do you know what? So I'll be watching. I'll be watching a bit of it from just very, very briefly on that because I'll be. I, 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 I'm looking at the World Cup. I'm, I'm just doing the whole. I'm doing the whole. Are lot. you? Because it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend. I think the one of the middle weekends. I'm not interested in doing any, but I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go all in because I've never done a Lions tour. And I've never yeah, done a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've done Lions tour. And I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going all in. So have you got any tickets, or are you just going through accreditation? Uh, I'm hoping to get hoping. Uh, it's a kind of build it and they will come kind of thing. I'm mm, so I'm going to kind oh. of plan to be there, and then hopefully as a result some we'll work. get some work. Yeah, yes. might yeah yeah. But I'm go. I, it's so exciting when you go. Just just avoid Marseille. Go wow, to where some of the great go? games in Marseille. Aix en Provence. Aix en Provence. Aix en Provence. Well, that's what I thought. You know, you can go into Marseille for the games and then get head back yeah, out to Aix en Provence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Provence is a nice part of the world. Uh, Twitter, JB. Your favorite. Oh, your favorite place. Oh, go on, Phil. Can we do just before that? Mm. Um, didn't really cover Quinns versus Exeter. Big oh, yeah, ones. Really big, good performance. For we'll come back to that. Big one-sided game. Yeah. Um, interesting that, that that first half, the the Bristol. First half was incredibly one-sided. The Quins was even more one-sided, mm. especially considering Quins had the first yellow card, the Josh Bassett yellow card, which they got one try, and then the Sam Sam Skinner, Harvey Skinner, um, both, both your fancy rugby draft players. Yes, and I had a red card in the um, Saracens. Those game. cards, all those cards combined, cost you the cost you your week. Not well, you time. still would have you still would have beaten me. Um, even without, even if I hadn't have had those cards, but it would have been a lot closer. Um, but yeah, Quinns were just. I mean, Exeter hardly fired a shot in that first half. They, they couldn't get the ball, couldn't yeah. get territory, and Quinns they were like the opposite of Exeter. I say Exeter didn't have any ball. They actually had a lot of ball. They just didn't do anything with it. They played fifteen phases and went nowhere. Whereas Quinns, they only need two or three phases. Triton is so it? clinical. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're so dangerous. Yeah, and they do it. They do it from broken field play. They do it from uh, set pieces. They do it from lineup. To just when they're yeah. firing. When they, and this was a very strong ex, um, very strong Harlequins team. It was a str- well. I was looking at both the packs actually, and both the packs on, on, on paper look fairly evenly matched. Yeah. What I like about the Harlequins pack in particular is the ball carriers in the back row. 
So Lorde can carry, Kenningham can carry. Um, and who's the other one? Chisholm. Chisholm. They, they absolutely love him. They, you know, he gives them a lot of utility. Uh, so it, it comes down to the danger of what Harlequins can do. I do think there's a there's an element of rugby starting to reinvent itself again with this sort of attacking play because for the longest time, if you weren't just defending and set piecing in the in the, in the Premiership, you hadn't got hope. Mm. So there's more and more teams now following the Harlequins model, Bristol, I guess, and Northampton. Harlequins, they've got the foundations to be able to do it as well. Yes. Right, they've got they've now from a few years ago they w- went and they've got a very very good set piece. They have. And I thought I did think it was interesting the Quinns selections. Two things they went for a bigger back row, like putting mm-hmm. Will Evans, who would ordinarily be um, starting open side. They went for a big back row. Yeah, with James Chisholm is a lot bigger than Will Evans. A lot bigger. Uh, open so side. is Kenningham. So Kenningham uh, yeah, Kev, be... Kev, much taller as well. Yeah, Kenningham, bang, um, awesome. And so they, I read that as they did that to counteract Exeter, and they went for a six-two split on the bench again to counteract Exeter mm-hmm. and I mean it worked perfectly but it's I do find it interesting that teams when I read that um, selection I thought they're focusing more on Exeter than they were on themselves yeah which they might have been and it worked perfectly or they might have just been so have they got two wins over Exeter now no I'm trying to think was it a, was it a, oh no it was, I just remember it being absolutely wild and Chuns is thing at the end with the forward did, was that it was a forward try at the end I think that was an extra try at the end. Yeah, so extra win at to home. Win. Yeah, because Quinns went up, like, Quinns went 27-0 up or something. That's, yeah, something like that. At Sandy Park. Something something happened. Something mm. happened. It was it, it was a great game. Trenzer did something out wide. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough of that. And we've, we've not mentioned the Falcons, uh, London Irish. Wasn't on telly, didn't see it. Yeah, no. I, I was at Saracen's sale. It was a handy five-point win for London Irish. <clears throat> And we did mention Tom Pearson, who, who we all love. Twitter's favourite, uh, sorry, JB's favourite cesspit, <laughs> Twitter. What's and, going on? And Twitter's favourite cesspit, <laughs> JB. <laughs> <laughs> so the morons are at it again. Um, <laughs> two stories that really, really got me. One was Danny Cares. Uh, so Danny Care tweeted about non competitive sport for kids, which. There's a range of views. I'm not even sure I can bother talking about it now, which is terrible for a podcaster. Um, (laughs) And the other one is the RD Surveyor Throat Slit. Which one one do you want to talk about? Both or or just one of them? Um, Let's do them in in succession. Go on. I'd rather do do more of the latter. Let's do RD Surveyor first. Okay. Yeah, keep keep the other one brief. So RD Surveyor does something, gets a yellow card. And does the throat slit, right? Now, I don't know if these geniuses who... Well, there is... I've, I've been doing lip reading, and he was saying to his opposition player, um, I really liked your wife's necklace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Smile more. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's been some wild things said about this. The throat slit suggests means he should be banned... Criminal charges should I did be brought. See, someone said criminal charges bordering on broad, bordering on criminal charges. Bordering on criminal charges. I hope that person never gets in any sort of position of power or influence because that is frightening. I, I just wish, I wish that. So it goes against all of my libertarian leanings. 
and you know I don't really want to control anyone but I do sometimes wish that if we had like a rugby license which you needed to talk about the game we could just revoke it from people who say things like that you want to cancel cancel culture just cancel them all yeah yeah these are the people that deserve to be cancelled very, it's very different if you deserve it. No, I, I'd, <laughs> ra- they call it I'd rather they said it so I know exactly. So, yes. yeah, so I know exactly yeah, what yeah. that person thinks. So That's I a can, much better. Way to I can yeah. I can frame every other opinion they have and hang it on the. <laughs> oh right, yeah, you're the guy that, that would that would consider throwing Ardy Surveyor in prison for doing a throat slit symbol. <laughs> tell you what worked remarkably well. Uh, I did once as a bit of a wind up. I started a, a Twitter list called woke woke rugby nonsense <laughs> and um i started putting just accounts on woke, woke rugby nonsense and pe- people melted you, down because you can see when you're added to a list <laughs> <Yeah>. can't you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i might I, I might start up another twitter list for things for, for things like this so uh, uh, but to, to be clear he has been cited for this has well, he? Because he, he gave an apology straight after the game. Yeah, unsportsmanlike. Um, it's basically unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, just, it's just, it is unsportsmanlike I guess, conduct. I guess it is. It would be like but, um, it would be like excessively shaking your head and throwing your hands up when you went off for a yellow card. Yeah, that would be disrespectful to the referee. So if 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 there is so if he gets cited, fine. What I would hope the outcome of the citing would be that in itself is probably a yellow card offence. Yeah. So you'd have no further consequence. Yeah, quite, so quite. just a slap on the wrist. Probably don't do it again. Uh, crack on. Yeah, uh, I can't bear the idea that it's it's simultaneously okay. So this is the position of a lot of people. Like, oh, I think it's fine, but you've got to remember there's cameras out there. What about the optics? I think isn't it the time we start holding people accountable for caring about the optics? I don't want to live in a society where we have to bend the knee to the optics and if we do then we need to be saying um, there's kids watching JB there's yeah kids I mean, if kids can't deal with this don't watch no what, what, what I, I quite like John Cooney's take on this which is just uh, well well before you get too carried away with uh, that little thing that Arnie Surveyor did why don't we look, why, don't we, why don't we just consider the fact that it's within the context of a physical game where 100 plus kilo fellas are trying to physically hurt each other yeah. for 80 minutes I, I, so I dis- maybe one little hand signal we, you know don't worry they were just, they were just smashing mind. seven bells out of each other so if you get into before. a fight on the street right like a proper nasty fight in your intention of the intention of both men outside a club in wherever it is right <laughs> like, you get into a proper nasty somewhere fight. abroad on a weekend away <laughs> yeah yeah somewhere, right? um, <laughs> And your intention, the intention of both men is to do as much damage to, pe- to, to each other as they possibly can. As they possibly can. This is like, this is what they want to do. They want to win the fight and they want to do so by really winning the fight. So we, we know where, where we're at here. Now, that, if you just add like a word to that altercation, as long as there's much as the wrong word in the process of actually trying to kill your opponents, it then becomes, a, it goes from being a crime to a more serious hate crime. And I just can't understand that because the purpose of it was, it's pretty hateful anyway. You, you, want, <laughs> you want to smash the other guy in, into pieces. And I kind of think this is, this is like the same thing. Like, he wants to smash... He wants to end this, uh, end this guy. Now, does he want to kill him? No, he doesn't. And, and if, and if he you does, were that opponent that Ardi Surveyor made that... S- signal to I, I'd, I'd be love giggling it. thinking like see ya enjoy, yeah, your, yeah, enjoy your yeah, next yeah, 10 minutes it. mate yeah love yeah it. it pumps you up yeah massively I would find that hilarious if someone tells me I find it hilarious no, I th- couldn't wait for him to, to get back I mean it's not already severe in my case right but if I'm a, a, also a pro athlete brilliant br- bring it on 
If you're talking, you, on the flip side, can you imagine how no rugby player on that field with that done to them with Ali Surveyor would go, Sir, Sir, yeah. he just oh, right. did it. He yeah, just yeah, did it. That's, yeah. not, that's although, not fair. Although James Haskell did go wild about water being square time. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. <laughs> you can't do that. Sir, you can't do that. If you're talking about optics, though, Ali Surveyor's first half, he scored two tries... He assisted one try. Yeah, ridiculous he was player. Absolutely ridiculous. And you've got this uh, extra. Well, you've got a yellow card, and you've got this extra bit thrown in. Yeah. Talk about like you sometimes go for the um, what would a ten-year-old, an excitable ten-year-old boy say? More. Give, more. Me, give me more of that. Ardy yeah, Spears' performance this, in that right? first half. Think, think about the game struggling. We're, we're not getting enough traction. Uh, people are leaving the game. Uh, you know, we need more eyes on it. So, so, so exciting, exciting the crowds. You're going to remove Ardy Surveyor for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's the last. You want to be running a system where Ardy Surveyor plays every single week, and he's the main <laughs> focal point of absolutely everything. That's what you want to see. Removing him because he did a hand gesture is so self defeating. Yeah, like is that? It hasn't happened yet. Let's hope it doesn't. Yeah, I hope prevails. If he's been cited, little slap on the wrist. Probably don't do that again, Ardy. Crack on. Yeah. So that was that was Ardy. I I did I did see another take, which was the other side. Oh, it's okay because the All Blacks do it. Well, this is interesting, which I found that an interesting. There was there was a period when that got banned from the hacker. Well, no, what happened? Because it was oh, they they don't use it anymore. They do use it. Well, they do use use it it again. So they decide which one they want to use. before the game. But there is a they do do that. You know, and Australia is the obviously the little whiny Australians. The other problem, but but then the. This this is the one thing. So when the in the Maori culture and when they do the hacker, they stick their tongue out. That's to represent what your what the opposition's head will look like when it's been chopped, <laughs> right. off, chopped off. I look, yeah, I'm, I'm all. For I, I, I think that's why they. I, yeah. I, I I don't quote me on it. I believe that is the case. It's it sort of simulate. They're simulating a a head that's. I hope you're educated. That's Tim. Severed. I hope you, I hope you don't need to be more, educating yourself more. F- Phil is check. Phil is fact checking me as yeah. we speak. I'm so, sure. So well, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at the Capro Panga. Which, so they is withdrawn in two thousand seven. Yeah, I remember that happening. Um, and it was again withdrawn when they played in the twenty nineteen World Cup. So they did the Capro Panga, but they didn't do that. If you want to do it, do gesture. it. It's part of the dance. Do it. You you can dance however you want, and I can ignore <laughs> it. In oh, okay. Well, I've, I've got it slightly wrong on that because I've just looked. Well, again, it, there may be. Yeah, there may, sure there this is, is just the top answer on. Yeah. On a, on a generic search engine, it says, uh, one of the typical moves in a hacker is for the males to stick their tongue out and bulge their eyes. It's both funny and scary to see. Who's written this? <laughs> anyway, it says, the traditional meaning of the move is to say the, to the enemy, my mouth waters and I lick my lips for soon I will taste your flesh. Mm. Okay, I mean, fine. Bit of cannibalism. Fine. Great. You can dance how you want. We can ignore it however you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind. Doesn't bother me. You, you could windmill in front of me for five minutes if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But just don't. Just <laughs> nonsense. The whole the whole thing is nonsense. Um, yeah. So talking of nonsense, Danny Kerr's child went to play schools rugby and the sevens. No scores were kept. Yada 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 yada. Non-competitive sport. What do What do you think? It's been going for a while now. Yeah, it's kind of an old debate, isn't it? But it's just so interesting to see. It's interesting to see. The type of person that really thinks that this, that thinks that, that thinks that this is a good idea, and it's even more interesting to see the 
kind of person that thinks that this is a high-minded idea. Well, what, what, one of our listeners, Rich, has emailed on this topic. Oh, Ooh. please. Uh, he's a coach of... He said, I saw Danny Kerr's tweet uh, and JB's response. Uh, and I'm sure some people see this as another example of the sports essence being neutered. I just wanted to share a perspective of someone who helps coach an under team and think on balance is actually a good thing. Mm. Um, saying... Like most kids, the kids in our team are very competitive. Even if we aren't keeping score, they have a reasonable. No, nope. they have a reasonable idea of uh, nope. whether they were better or worse than the other team. Throw in the bin. Just delete this one. <laughs> um, he says, "Well, just just to give up another perspective, you said you're interested in it. So, uh, however, not keeping a score means they focus more on their involvement in the no. game. No, throw in the bin. In other words, they focus on the stuff that's going on that make them love the game." No. And what we ultimately want players no. to be good at. <laughs> no, none of that is true. So what I can, I, I can understand the intent behind this. So quite often at uh, under eights level, and you even get it to a much lesser degree, but uh, under 15s where my son mm, plays now, yeah. you get one, a team with one massive lad. Mm-hmm. And the whole team's game plan, but it happens particularly at younger ages, mm. the whole team's game plan is give it to that one lad and he will just run and never pass. Yeah. Mm. And that's not good for... That's not him good for or the opposition. Or, the, sometimes they have, sometimes they have racist stats. Is this the? But the remedy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Do you remember that stuff? Who gets free tickets? Who gets free? Who oh, gets yeah. free tickets from Premiership Rugby? The remedy to this <laughs> is, uh, and this is where I uh, I'm with you on on balance, JB. Much much more so with you is the emphasis is on having good people running these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good values from the parents and the coaches because any coach worth their salt would not let their team do that because yes. winning uh, I, I have no problem with keeping score but as I've been involved with my son's team going up like, well, I'll, I'll give you an example so we've got 30 lads 29 lads mm. that, that are in the under 15s when it comes to Lancashire Cup semi-final next week we will pick a squad and well, we, next we, week next next Sunday mm. well, we, we will pick a squad and some lads won't won't be in it is it home or is it sorry it's at home I might watch that Every, I'm going to watch that there's quite a big crowd going to be coming up mm. um and then, but every single um, time there is a game that is not a, Le- a, a Lancashire Cup game, uh, we give every player half a game, even if it means, as a consequence, and sometimes the lads are frustrated by this, we risk losing matches mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah, I could, yeah. There's so there's so many angles. This. So first of all, the game is just the game, right? So just leave the game alone. There are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. So whatever the game is. And whatever your solution is to increase participation or make them focus on this, that, and the other, what you're talking about is not the game. You're talking about drills. Do your drills in training and then play the game. So if you want to increase participation by not keeping the score in some game which looks marginally like netball or something, please, by all means, do that in your training. When you play the game, you game, you play the game. Second thing, kids have been playing competitive sport for millennium. For millennium. And it's a very modern-day narcissistic mindset we have that Right now, in this current moment of time, we know far more than all of our ancestors. Maybe we play sports and maybe we keep scores and have done for millennium because there's a good reason for that. So don't mess around. Just because you've been writing... Academics in sports has been around relatively for five minutes and they expect us to show deference to to them. No, I'm not not entirely sure they've added any value, let alone alone that they deserve deference. So that would be my first take. My, My second take is the opposite to what they are suggesting. Because it's all like lovely and fluffy and increased participation, you know, enjoyment and all the rest of, um, uh, and all the rest of it. They seem to think that the opposite to that, or anything which doesn't... Um, or anything which is different to their approach means that you must be 
a win at all costs type guy. That's that is there's either do it this way or you'll win at all costs. It's toxic. You know, someone sent me a video, right, of like someone sent me a video of a bit of propaganda made by the RFU or the FA or something. And you just had you know, really bad behaviour by parents and, you know, hitting the side of um, uh, you know, a football post and swearing at the ref. It's all done to music. It's like, well, you could do that to anything, couldn't you really? If I really wanted to paint anything in a bad light, I could do that. Don't pick the most extreme example yeah. and, and paint everyone with that. But the problem is with the win-at-all-cost mentality, if you are win-at-all-cost mentality, which I probably am in a lot of ways, is that the win-at-all-cost mentality does not work. Right, if you're win at all costs, it won't it won't work. So it's self defeating. If you're win at all win at all costs, if win at all costs is your mantra, um, the last thing you want to do is act like a win at all costs guy because you won't win. It's completely and utterly pointless. You win by running a good program, by learning from your defeats, from doing all doing all, all these things. The example that they give to counter what they think is progressive and constructive um, coaching for kids simply just doesn't exist. Just, In the vast, it's, it's vast majority straw, of cases, it just doesn't man. exist. It's a straw man. It is. It's complete lies. But you're meant to feel that you are that guy if you disagree with them. And they're just uh, you, you've taking just, things away you've from You've just kids. described the, the, the culture, the society in the last 10 years. Yeah. That's what you just described. And they'll bombard you with all this if, propaganda. If, someone, if the people that don't agree with you are think the polar opposite to you and no, nu- yeah. no nuances allowed in between. And it's particularly in like the educational establishments, people who work in education. They'll describe things like, it, what I'm talking about is a scientific fact and yours is just a point of view. Like, yeah, it is a point of view, but it's a point of view that's been held by billions of people over thousands of years and you've read a paper that was written five years ago and you think it's a scientific fact, you're the stupid one, not me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so obvious. I don't need scientific papers to count the moon or indeed tell me the effect of the tide on sandcastles. Uh, you just don't need it. Yeah, I, I, I would just say one thing we've said before, so I, I won't labour it because we've, we've gone over it, but it's, it's, it's once again another example of people ignoring or denying the reason why rugby exists in the first place because rugby is a game which attracts a certain type of person and to try and whitewash the competitive element of it out or that winning and losing isn't part of the process or a learning experience or whatever is to deny the absolute fundamental nature of the type of the reason why rugby became a sport in the first place someone someone tweeted back me like who's a PE professional kids are looking for for a multi-sport include Multi-sport inclusivity. I was like, I've never heard, heard, heard a child. Rugby's not for everyone. No, no, but this is this, this is their point in general. It, this is their yeah. world. This is their worldview. So I, I, I have a seven, seven-year-old. She has lots of seven-year-old friends. Not one of them has ever said to me, I would play that sport, but it's just not inclusive enough. <laughs> I want to play a multi-sport inclusive game. No, you want to play the multi-sport inclusive game because it's your ideology. The girls have got, no, have got nothing to say about it. Never, they want to play netball and wear... Pink hoodies. That, that, that's what they want to do. So, yeah, it's, um, it's can, an ideology. It, it, they're, they're stealing from kids. Uh, yeah, and, and whether it's rugby or anything, the, the actual harm that is done, if a harm is done by uh, the winning or losing, is when the adults in the room mm. are have poor values or are just bad characters. If the adults in the room... And that's the same regardless of the sport, regardless of the rules. If the adults in the room think losing is damaging and they think... 
even if they subconsciously pass it on to kids, kids will start to think that losing is damaging. By removing the loss and not keeping the score at an early age, you're sending the message, even though you're not saying it explicitly, you're saying that if you lose, that's a really bad thing. Far more so than just losing. So then when you do introduce losing, like, oh, hang on a minute, what, what's this horrible feeling which I've got? Oh, well, it's the thing you should have been doing since the age of five, which is losing. You need to lose. So, well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like a middle-aged man, but... You, however. You, you are... You are you, you ha- it's been noticeable, young people coming into the workforce cannot take like constructive this i've seen people just melt down when they're told anything other than that was incredible what you just did i tried really hard on that yeah but it's wrong no yeah it's like <laughs> someone's trying to say look you, you that was wrong we just need to show you how to do it it's like they've they, they cannot cope with it yeah, well I, some individuals in certain situations well, what, have not been able to cope with that it. is that is the value of competitive sport mm. because there is no hiding I tried really hard. Yeah, but you lost. Yeah, when the rubber meets the road. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So kids should have. Yeah, in fact, in fact, I've actually you've actually taught me into it. It's even more competitive, and we need to root out these people that think, <laughs> that think oh god, they, 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 we must keep the score. We must focus on the thing that they enjoy. They, you don't even know what the thing is that they enjoy. You don't know. Right. Any Game, more rugby games next week? Any more domestic rugby? Uh, Ulster put forty points on. Uh, Cardiff. Okay. Um, uh, uh, so t- oh, your beloved- Ealing Trailfinders and Ospreys yeah. are potentially merging. Interesting. We talked about this the other week as if it was like, well, how would that work? How will that happen? But basically, this is Ospreys being taken on. At least 13 players from Ospreys being taken on are by you? Ealing and that team based in West London, I think, is it? Yeah, so the idea is, as I understand it, there's going to be some games played in London for the South African games in the URC. So if any South African team plays against the Ospreys, they might do that in London, if Ealing and Ospreys merge. They've been talking about this for a long, long time, to be fair. Which, if you can get a South African team playing in London, there's quite a big South, South African yeah. population in London. So Ealing, I mean, I kind of dislike Ealing, and I kind of like Ealing. So I dislike Ealing because I just, I don't know, they're in the championship and they've got loads of money and they're throwing it but but they're not. They're, it's almost like they're limiting their potential by saying, "Well, we're not going to increase our, we're not going to do anything to the stadium, even though we're going to spend millions yeah. of pounds on our rugby operation." So Which, it's, it still strikes me as odd. It's like a bit of cutting your nose to spite your face. And this is where I kind of like Ealing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I do like the fact that they're just like, okay, well, you want to do that? Well, we'll find a loophole. Yeah, and yeah. we've got enough money to do it. Um, they've got fu money. And the even better part of that is they've got F, F me money when you can just afford to you know, F, F yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's exactly what they're doing. And I kind of, I just love the way they just don't, they just don't accept it. I mean, God knows how much you must love rugby to mm. really want this professional setup so badly that you'll leave the English structure or you'll go and join the URC mm. or you'll do whatever it takes to get professional rugby and healing. I really respect that, actually. Mm. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah, you've got to respect it. Yeah. If you if you admire professional sport in any way, you've got to respect it. Yeah, it's it's an incredible it's it's an incredible middle finger to the to people just trying to keep them down. Particularly bearing in mind what happened at Wasps and, uh, Worcester. and Worcester. Like yeah. If you want a backer that really is serious, it does sound like Ealing are really serious. Yeah, they well, certainly are serious. I tell you what, if the if the OC accept them 
and you know they go and do that. It's going to be very hard to get that money and that backing and that supporter base back because they've said we don't want you, and they said well, we'll, we'll do something else. And if it's mm. successful, they're going to look like absolute morons. Yeah. Mm. So the other part of this story, I guess, is the Welsh contracts. So allegedly, mm. a lot of lads who are on two hundred k plus a year. The new contracts are getting something like 30k. So I saw a headline that said, yeah. named 12 players ranging from 50 to 250k are being offered contracts. Some of them are being offered contracts in the region of 30k. So I'd. That's just, that's just uh, that much into that much doesn't go. So. Well, I yeah. mean, for the start, it's derogatory, isn't it? So first things first, well, don't. No, no one has to say yes, but. Yeah, just don't offer the contract. You know, just don't, <clears throat> don't, don't offer it. Just say. If their hands are tied and they're in a position, they're like, they're, and they're, they're probably doing it like, this is, this is, all you, this is awful, this is a horrible situation, I hate the fact we're doing this, you're probably going to just feel offended, but nonetheless, this is all we're able to offer because of the reason. Because so of the reason. There, there yeah. are some fascinating things going on in Welsh rugby. It's not an area which I really specialise in or mm. I know about. It's just, it's just not, it's never interested me. But there's a lot of talk about the WRU putting money into reserves. So last year they put something like four point five million into reserves. Yeah, they've got. Mm. So they do have the. They do have some money. Well, it's good, good. Like like fifteen percent of that's been inflated away into thin air. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well done. Exactly well done, right. guys. That sounds like a good uh, WRU move. <laughs> so they've got. They do make money. They do. And they make a lot mm. of cash now. I, I would love to know why this is the case. Someone who knows about the politics of Welsh rugby will know. I do not know. But it does strike, strike me more and more like, if the WRU could just get their act together. They could have their very own Lancer type operation somewhere, and I don't know why. Someone, someone is going to correct me as to why they can't. But I don't know why well, they can't. Th- they can, they can. They, they just, could, though, couldn't they? They can. They yeah, they could totally do. could. What, what they haven't done, in summary, without going into into depth, because again, I don't know the the ins and outs. But basically, uh, way the WRU looked at how well it was going in Ireland and tried to transplant that model into their own system, rather than finding something bespoke that works for Wales. And you see in Scotland where they tried yeah. with the border, they tried with the other teams. Now, Scotland are in a position where they've got, they've felt their way into a situation where they're now gone, this work, works for us. Players can play wherever they want. Mm. Um, we have two teams because we can manage that and we'll have a Super 6 semi-pro tournament with some of the traditional clubs like Melrose yeah. um, mm. um, to support that coming through. And they've, got, they've come up with something specific for Scotland and it's working. Wales tried to take an off-the-shelf model in Ireland plug it into where they are and it does not work and it's an absolute failure and for, in the example of Ospreys expecting Neath fans and Swansea fans to somehow yeah we're one team and we're really ha- mm. no never going to happen yeah it's a good point it's a really good point so yeah I, I just but you know, those those player contracts are not good they are not good mm. um, it is more interesting to think where the hell will these Welsh players go so apparently Jared, Jared Evans who's a very good fly half uh, at Cardiff is linked with no, he's signed. He's re-signed at Cardiff. Has he? Mm. When did that happen? Uh, I think this weekend. All uh, right. Last so few days. him against Harlequins. I was really excited about that. Mm. Really excited. I thought that would be, that'd be a good move. Right. But he doesn't have his twenty-five caps. But let me just emphasise uh, as we just sort of wrap up uh, and looking at the USC, just emphasise how good the system in Leinster is. Uh, Edinburgh at home had a team out that featured, you know, arguably one of the best back three players on earth, Buffelli, and. International mm. Mark Bennett and Ben Vellacott, Bill Matter, Hamish Watson, Luke Crosby as the back row, Sam Skinner in lock, Stuart McAnally at hooker. So they had a proper team out in mm. Missing a few internationals, obviously, but still. And a totally second Leinster team 
panned them. What was the score? 47-27. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who's in the Lancer team? Any, any names I recognise? Yeah, I mean, so... There's a few. So, Jordan Lama um, was in Luke there. McGrath, Harry Byrne, Jamie Osborne, um, L- Jordan Lama, Dave, Jordan Car- Lama. Dave Carney Dave, was Dave there. Dave Carney was there. Dave Carney? Yeah. Um, Maloney in the second row, Reese Ruddock, was Max there. Deegan. So, but this is it. These are... Oh, Alatoa was there at yeah. the tight head prop. Um, so, names you know, but yeah, not the first team. No, no, it's no. It's not the first it's, team. It's a total second team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whilst we're on wingers who we've not seen for a while, there was a winger playing for Ulster who we've not seen for a while, scoring some tries. Stockers. Stockers. Mm. Yeah, um, boy. Any danger he's going to be any good ever again? Uh, if he gets a consistent run. Yeah, oh. he could be. Come on, Crichton. He's big, strong and fast enough. Dude, the boy. It's, the uh, absolute it's boy Balacoon, though. though. Balacoon, yeah. but not fit. Not fit. And James Hume is back fit now He is, as well. he played, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of wingers we've not seen for a while, because you were mentioning um, some of the Welsh boys will reappear somewhere in the world. Steph Evans. Have you seen a couple of the players that are playing Super Rugby? Nope. So obviously Freddie Burns is playing for Tim's beloved Highlanders, yep. which we knew about. Tim Cardell went out to... Tim Cardell, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. Newcastle, I think. Yes, but he went out. Uh, another one, I think he was at the Force, Kibariggi. Oh yeah, I saw him. Yeah, really. Yeah, interesting. Boys that have um, headed out there. He's very good. Yeah, yeah. He's very, very good. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, games next weekend in the Gallagher Premiership. Um, Friday night. Friday night, Northampton Bath. Yeah. Now this is a matchup for that would um, (laughs) not even not even Northampton can lose this. That would suit Northampton. Yes. (laughs) But it's also potentially a matchup that. Bath might might quite like to get their season restarted. Mm. Yeah, agreed. On the back of Northampton getting absolutely hammered. Over. They're just over. I don't know. Well, if if, if uh, Bristol only beat Bath by three points, that means uh, Bath, Bath are going to win fifty nine eight. Yeah, fifty odd points. Christ, yeah, the math stacks up. Doesn't yeah. It? <laughs> um, so everyone everyone's saying home win Northampton Saints. Probably yeah. I'd love. Do you know what my dream job would be? Although no Ludlam, no Courtney. So. My, my dream job would be Bath, Bath, Bath recruitment. Well, but Bath, Bath are definitely missing their three best t- players that they've b- built their whole team around: <laughs> Barbary, Barbary, Lawrence Hill. <laughs> yeah, uh, Exeter, Newcastle on sat- on Saturday afternoon. Exeter, correct. Exeter Everything around. that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and a lot s- went wrong for them on Sunday early ki- uh, two one pm kickoffs. London Irish Sale. Ooh, London Irish Sale. That'll Ooh. be a quite a nice game. Yeah, it will be a good game. Give me Irish. Okay. Give me Sale. I've got a feeling about Irish for that one as well. Mm. And at uh, the same time, Gloucester play Leicester. That's a great game. Yeah. That's an absolute bonus. I'm going to say Leicester. Yeah. I, Gloucester? I think so too. I think Leicester. They're looking good. And uh, Bristol play Harlequins, 3pm kickoff. Harlequins. Yes, definitely Harlequins. Probably Harlequins. How come no maybe else? maybe Marcus Smith will be sent back to play again? Well, we'll get. It might be yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to that talking about that in the international podcast. Yes, which is also in your feed, which is why you need to hit subscribe and uh, support us at patreoncom eggchasers if you appreciate it and you want to help keep the lights on. Other than that, let the boys play. Boys play. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.